Blog Talk Radio. Trying to get everything in the studio running properly. I do apologize. It is Wednesday evening, two days after the national championship game in college football, the lowest rated playoff or or championship game in a long time. And and it was because of two Southern teams playing, I believe. But let's, let's not make any mistake about it. Those were probably the two best teams out. In college football, what a game, Jonathan! It was uh, it came down to the to the very end, like we thought it would. But I think the best player on the field didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I agree. Um, that definitely worked performance by Deshaun Watson uh, against uh, what you know, everybody kept saying was you know an Alabama defense that you know you couldn't really do much against, and then him and Wayne Gallman. And they had themselves a pretty good day. It really was a great game. Um, you know, my, my heart goes out to the Clemson team and their fans because they they fought really hard in that one. It all came down to uh, to really one play. You know, I mean, they're champions in my book, the way they, they played. And, you know, people said nobody could score on that Bama defense. But if you remember, you know, we haven't – I was telling you in the Iron Bowl – I'd watch Auburn receivers run wide open down the field during certain plays, but we just didn't have the quarterback to get it to him, get it to the receivers to hurt Alabama. Clemson had the quarterback that could extend the plays, could hit the guys. You know, Saban said that was the best quarterback he's faced since Cam Newton, and that's that's saying something right there. And and the guy one day he's not as big as Cam Newton, but he's fast, he's quick to the end, he can he's more accurate than Cam was with the football and. Man, I just wish he was going to the NFL. We have to open up with him next year, so we'll see how he does. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he'll have a junior slump. Yeah, I mean, as a Florida State fan, I, I kind of did the same thing after the game. I uh, had that moment where I went, "Oh man, I got to see this guy again next year, don't I?" Um, you know, they they mm-hmm. do lose a lot of defensive talent. A lot of their guys declare after the draft and. So it really would have been interesting to see if uh, Mackenzie Alexander had been able to stay healthy and play that game out, how different it would have been. Um, you know, losing him really hurt that secondary. That onside kick from Nick Saban, I mean, was that genius or was it desperation in a way? I mean, do you feel like he thought he was about to lose control of the game maybe or – he didn't have an answer for Watson, and his defense was tired. So he's like, "Whatever." I mean, if we if we don't get it, they're going to score anyway. If we do get it, we're going to be able to score. It was a great call, but I, I think it was a little desperation. 
Uh, I, I wouldn't call it desperation. Um, if you look at the way Clemson lined up on the kickoff, it was actually a, a genius call because they had mm-hmm. uh, their top line bunched in. Um, and, you know, by having their top line bunched in, it made them susceptible to, to that play. Uh, you know, just kick it towards the boundary. And, um, you know, one of your guys outrun, you know, one of their three guys up front, you know, who in all reality are linemen or linebackers most of the time. So I thought it was an excellent call. I thought it was perfectly executed. And, you know, that that play really changed the game, turned it right on its head. I mean, 40 points scored in the fourth quarter. 40. I mean, that's that's unbelievable for two teams like that. To put up that kind of yardage, and let's look, Clemson had a 550 yards of offense, Bama 473, rushing yards 138 to 145, which surprised me a little bit. That that stat surprised me that Clemson outrushed Alabama on less attempts and they had more passing yards. Think about that. Clemson outrushed Alabama and outpassed them by nearly 100 yards, and they lost the football game. It was uh, – it was, uh, I don't know, it was just great Alabama football to be able to win the special teams, the onside kick, the kickoff return. I mean, Clemson could have easily won that game with 31 first downs to 18 for Bama. That's that's unbelievable. Clemson owned that football game, it felt, it felt like. If you look at the stats, it, it really did. Yeah, I mean, they seemed to outplay them in really every facet once you uh, start breaking down the box score. Um you know, it really came down to special teams. Uh, you know, and uh, it's not not very often you can say too many games were decided almost solely on that, and it really was. But onside kick and that kickoff return is what uh, won Alabama that game. Uh, phenomenal job, though. By I mean, I, I can't say enough about what we saw from Deshaun Watson. Um, really cementing himself as uh, one of the best, if not the best, quarterback. Um, that, you know, we've had the chance to, to see in the ACC conference. Yeah, he he lived up. I was, I mean, I knew he was a good quarterback, but sometimes you have to, you have to watch him play against the defense like Alabama's, and, man, he just tore it up. That's just, I mean, he did. He tore it up. Mm-hmm. No, I, I told and you I'm guys, just, actually, you know, I saw him against Florida State, and I saw the success he had against us. And you know that that Florida State defense, I you know I still think is you know one of if not the best defense in college football this year. And he he had success against us. He only scored twenty three points, but he was able to hold on to the ball that day. He, he piled off, I want to believe, over four hundred total yards by himself, three hundred passing, hundred rushing. I mean, you know, you knew it was coming. Uh, you had to have known that Deshaun Watson wasn't going to get shut down. And I think that was a big thing. Um, I mean, you know, and what a backdoor cover, by the way, by Clemson. Amazing backdoor cover there. Never saw so many people that I knew sitting on the edge of their seats, chewing on their fingernails, uh, you know, sitting there rooting for and against the touchdown at the same time. Phenomenal job by Clemson to go ahead and just stick it to everybody who laid, you know, that I know that laid three, four, five grand on Bama Lands and seven. <laughs> yeah, that was. You just got to be really upset if you if you did lay seven points, six and a half, seven points, and, and that happened at the end of it. Wow, it was just a, a great football game. The rating being what it was, Jonathan, being the South versus the South. You know, a lot of people in 
in the West Coast didn't watch it. You know, a lot of people in the Midwest. It was late. You know, I I can stay up and watch it because I'm a college football maniac. But a lot of people I could see going to bed. You know, like okay, we'll wake up tomorrow and see what happens. But it's been a while since I've seen a championship game that good. Usually, I mean, all those season we've seen lopsided games in the bigger games. We've seen blowouts in this game. Two true champions were playing on the field, and. You know, I haven't seen that since the BCS there. You know, the BCS seemed like they always got it right for the most part. It was a great football game. These playoffs have been, to me, honestly, these, these two years of playoffs have, have not been good. They have not lived up to the hype that I thought they would. And the ratings are not as high. They're losing. They're going to lose money because of, of their stupidity of putting these games on New Year's Eve. And I just think the layoff is so long. I think people lose interest unless your team's playing, of course. Yeah, I agree. I do feel like um, because of the long layoff and you, know, you had you had the NFL playoffs starting, you know, before the championship game, I feel like, you know, you lost some of the fan base there um, because you just had to wait so long, you know, what, 12 days in between the games. Um, I feel like that did, that did affect the rating, um, you know, and I, I, I still I still feel, you know, I agree with you that, you know, if it had been Ohio State or USC or Texas in that game, the ratings would have been better. Um, Clemson just isn't big enough name brand to drag your average college fan into it. And at the same time, you're right, it was two Southern schools. And that's just – that just kills, you know, a good portion of the market, unfortunately. And a lot of people, let's be honest, didn't think Clemson was going to win that football game. I mean, they thought it was just a formality. And and that that Alabama was going to walk in and walk out, and and but it wasn't like that. Clemson is a very good football team, and they, <laughs> you know, Bama threw that punch like we talked about. Clemson threw two, and then Alabama responded. It was just like a true heavyweight fight, and you got to give some credit. And we'll bring Quinn on in just a second. I see he's in the studio right now. But you have to give credit to what Nick Saban has done in Alabama. It's just. I mean, just thinking about it, you write it down, look at it, Jonathan. Since 2000, he played in the championship game in 2009 and won it. He played in the championship game in 2011 and won it. Played in it in 2012 and won it. Got to the playoffs in 2014, lost Ohio State, but won a championship in 2015. What kind of other coach do you know of that has a resume like that? They could. I mean, you can't put that up against anybody. I mean, it's just in the league of its own. And I was hoping we'd get the the, the message this week that Nick Saban had left for the New York Giants. That's what I was hoping. But the Nick Saban right now, I mean, how how are you going to beat him? I mean, and and, and now they're talking about that he's going to have to rebuild next year. It'll be his toughest job, and he'll probably be in there again. I'm I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit picking against them and start pulling for them. Maybe that's how they'll start losing. But, I mean, they just keep winning and winning and winning. It's just you have to – even though you hate Alabama, Quinn, you, you, you have to respect what Nick Saban's done with this program. I mean, look at look yeah. at the hires they had beforehand. They really struck out with the, <coughs> the Mike Price at the strip club and, and all the Francione, all those bums, Mike Shula. And they finally landed a coach and Nick Saban, and look what it did. Yeah, well, I've always said that uh, I don't like them, but I'm a realist. I mean, before before that game, I actually had Bama beating Clemson, but at halftime, 
kind of changed my mind on the game, but uh, they did. exactly, exactly. You can't, you can't go, uh, you can't go against his resume, and I, and even with Bama this past year, I still had him going eleven and one. I mean, so, I mean, I, th- I think this coming year will be his toughest project because because of the overhaul that's going to happen. But, I mean, I still wouldn't bet against him. But, I mean, I think this will be a toughest year yet. Yeah, well, having that Alabama defense, Jonathan, we we heard about it. Best of all time, maybe the best ever. And I, I just didn't see that. Auburn last year threw for about 450. Marshall did on them. And, you know, yeah, they have improved a little bit up front. But that secondary is – I mean, it's still – I mean, it just goes to show that even though you have a good defense, a great quarterback will tear you apart. It doesn't matter. So I think that yeah. should have been the message that you received after watching that game, Jonathan, Monday night. Was, no matter how good your defense is, a quarterback like Watson will tear you apart if he wants to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, when you're going up against uh, arguably the best quarterback, uh, in college football in a given year. It's always going to be a, a, a tough play for you. We see it year after year uh, where, you know, these great defenses go up against, you know, a truly talented offensive guy, and they, they get picked apart a little. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Alabama, and, you know, everybody kept saying their front seven, their front seven, you know, their front seven might be, you know, might be great. It might be. But, you know, uh, just the front seven doesn't make a whole defense great. You know, and nobody really wanted to talk about how weak the secondary was. You know, everybody kind of just forgot about it. At the end of the day, how many potent passing attacks did they face all year? Not many. So the defense never really had a chance to get exposed before. And that's why I think we saw more than anything a lot of surprise behind what Deshaun Watson did, (laughs) when in all reality it shouldn't have been that much of a surprise. We saw Chad Kelly have success against that secondary. It wasn't even Watson. It was the system. Bama can't handle that tempo, up-tempo system. And if you have a good enough quarterback, it's going to get exposed. I don't think think the tempo as much as is Watson being able to extend plays, get outside, yeah. and then you can't you can't guard a player for for five seconds or six seconds. It's just impossible. And what happens? They run yeah. their route, and all of a sudden they change their route, and all of a sudden he's throwing the ball. There's nothing you can do, but but Quinn the up tempo does it does frustrate Alabama. You're right. It, yeah, it does, because they but, can't sub. They rely on well, Auburn. So Auburn much. ran up tempo. Auburn tried up tempo, yeah. but they didn't have the quarterback. You know, they didn't have the quarterback to do it. And you yeah. can up tempo all you want, but if you're not getting first downs, and that's what you look at, Clemson yeah. was getting the first downs, and that's why yeah. they they could have won that game. Thirty-one first downs. Think about that. To eighteen, that's huge. Yeah. Clemson, thirty-one first downs. Show me a team that's done that against Alabama. I'll, I'll call you a liar. Anywhere there's there's not one, but 550 yeah. yards on that defense, and that's you know and that's the the one the the other team that gave up more than that to or they gave up more I think they gave up 650 or 630 to Auburn last year, Jonathan and Nick Marshall. Mm-hmm. Hurry up, tempo. He can get he can get outside and throw the football. 
So if you're yep. Auburn out Dual there, you, you want you want to beat Alabama, you go like I told you, Quinn. Sean White's not going to beat Alabama. You could yeah. beat that drum all day long. You, you go out and yeah. get that Franklin the third kid, and you you get an athlete that can throw the football. Jonathan is Watson a redshirt sophomore or a true sophomore? He's actually a true sophomore. Okay. God, he threw for yeah. 400 yards on Alabama. And how is Derrick Henry the player of the game for Alabama? I don't know. That that bothers me. Um, honestly, I thought that should have gone to uh, O.J. Howard because without O.J. Howard, who or, I mean, a lot this or year. Kenyon Drake. All right, Kenyon Drake the kickoff return huge. He played well on offense, but you know, I look at O.J. Howard five grabs. 208 yards, and I believe it was two touchdowns. And that's just, I saw those numbers and went, you've got to be kidding me. And they only threw the ball to him five times. It wasn't like he was a key part of the offense. It was more of, oh, crap, I need to get rid of the ball. Oh, hey, there's OJ. Nobody covered him. So OJ Howard had a phenomenal game. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, and I, uh, Big question. What happened to this Alabama offensive line that was supposed to be just you know, world beaters as well? Because they kind of got their lunch handed to them. Uh, I believe it was five sacks and numerous tackles for a loss. I mean, I, I, that close to D-line got after that Alabama offensive line. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. Derrick Henry averaged 4.4 yards a carry. He got 158. 50 of them was on that one busted play. And he's player of the game? Really? I mean, I, I just I don't get that. Player of the game, in what world are you watching? I mean, O.J. Howard was the man that game. Kenyon Drake, I could I could give it to either one of those, Quinn, but not not Derrick Henry. Come on, that's just I a think, slap in the face to Watson. Yeah, I I think Deshaun Watson actually deserved Player of the Game, even though he was on the losing end. I think he deserved Player of the Game. No, there's no I can't doubt. argue with that. No doubt, no no doubt. Four touchdowns. He's 30 for 47, 405 yards. I mean, come on. Really? <laughs> Henry with 95 carries, averaging .5 yards a carry, gets MVP. Come on. Get, get, I'm tired of Derrick Henry already, guys. I'm, I'm tired of the Derrick Henry talk about how great he is. Well, he's, he's, a, he's an Eddie Lacy with dreadlocks. He's, mm-hmm. he's an Eddie Lacy with dreadlocks. That's what he is. I mean, I'm tired of it. Part of seeing him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kenyon Drake, though, man, 95 yards. I think that was huge, that kickoff return. And that's why I was mentioning you could even throw his name in the mix for MVP, mm-hmm. and I would have bought it. But not, come on, not there, Kenyon. But uh, I'll tell you what, since we last met, I believe Quinn Auburn lost their offensive line coach, went to Cincinnati in the Tuberville. And, and I don't, I don't know what in the world is going on at Auburn right now, but I'm kind of worried yeah, a bit. Yeah, well then, well then they picked up a line coach right away who's worked with Malzahn before. Tom Hands. Yeah, Penn he has State. the worst offensive line, and he has the worst offensive line in the country. We hired well, him. Congratulations. Yeah, well, well, he's worked with Malzahn before, and I guess that was Malzahn's first choice in 2013. So maybe it was more of the talent on Penn State's roster than his coaching. Ability, was it? But, but I want to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this. Was it 
was it his decision to leave or was it Gus telling him that it wasn't going to work out that to take that job with Cincinnati? Which one was it? Because nobody in their right mind is going to go to Cincinnati and take a lateral move and a pay cut. I mean, I to, to go to a little bit of both. I, Gus said he wanted to make some offensive changes, so that may have been one of them. I well, I thought that maybe, and I could be wrong, Jonathan. From what I saw, I thought I thought he was one of the better coaches on the team. Actually, the offensive line yeah. seemed to always be pretty good, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of changes going on, and I think Gus is trying to surround himself with people that have his best interests in mind. That mercenary hire and, and Will Muschamp could have hurt this Auburn program, Jonathan, and uh, now he's taking their coaches and their players. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been seeing the reports and the whole little sky is falling maneuver. Um, it's a, the new offensive court, uh, I mean, offensive line coach at hire, I, honestly, it's not, it's a really good hire. Um, he's the ace recruiter of Penn State staff. Um, that is a team that brought in 13 four and five stars last year, which is more than they had in the previous, I think it was five years. Um, so it's almost like a Brewster hire. And I know, you know, the SEC schools know who Tim Brewster is uh, down at Florida State where, you know, he's a great recruiter. You know, yeah, he has a position co- uh, position to coach, but not really paying t- attention to it as much. I still agree with Quinn, though, that did, I think it was a talent problem with Penn State along the offensive line more than it was a coaching issue. And a depth problem, too. Yeah. Remember, remember, they were ripped from their skull. I think they had walk-ons on the offensive line at Penn State. Uh, yeah, played, the thing crippled them. Yeah, I'm just, I just need to see a quarterback, man. I mean, they, I want Auburn to be back to where they need to be. I'm, I'm just, it's just hard to stomach a seven and six season and watch yeah, your rival win a championship. But really, I Franklin's think that's the only question mark. I think that's one – I mean, if if Franklin well, ends up being what people think he can be, then I think Auburn's in good shape. Waver Young declared for the NFL draft. He's one of our best offensive linemen. Sean Coleman, we lose two offensive linemen. Off an yeah. offensive line that was just starting to jail, that's going to hurt. I don't care what anybody says. Okay. And we open up with Clemson next year, Jonathan, which is – it's good. I think that's good for Auburn because – Right off the bat, you find out if you're good or not. You're going to be prepared all year. You're going to be focused and driven. And if Auburn can come in and beat the preseason, probably Clemson will be number one ranked. You know they're going to be. Um, if they can beat Clemson right off the bat, that would send some momentum, good momentum in their direction, wouldn't it? Yeah, a win over Clemson to open the year would be huge, uh, considering Clemson's bringing back a lot of their team, uh, at least offensively. Uh, Clemson's going to be kind of in the same boat as TCU was coming into this year, where it's like, oh, the offense is pretty much going to be intact, but the defense is going to be losing a lot of pieces, a lot of key pieces. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. If Auburn's offense is ready to go and they're gelling, uh, they might be able to get up and down the field on on Clemson's defense. But, I mean, that's so long off. We we really don't know what, what everything looks like just yet. Yep, we don't know. And you know how things go. You lose your hunger, things. Teams change from year to year. You can put the same players out there, and it changes. All the dynamics change year in and year out. 
I'm excited to see next year already. I'm just ready to bring it on. But we're a long way from football season. we got to get past these NFL playoffs that are coming up this weekend. Saturday and Sunday, we have the divisional games. Um, tell me, Jonathan, which one's your which one's the game you're looking forward to the most? From just a purely I can't wait to watch standpoint, um, I'm actually really excited to see uh, – uh, Pittsburgh and Denver go at it. I think that's going to be a good game. Um, from more of a, you know, I can't wait to see this team lose. Uh, Carolina, Seattle. I I can't wait to see Carolina jump all over them and smack them down. I, that's that's all I'm waiting for, man. To be honest with you, that's all 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 I'm waiting for is to see Carolina beat Seattle, and then everybody's doing I, I the whole is falling. I think they are going to, and I think a lot of people the wise guys are picking Seattle. And I think it's based off the last few years, and here they are, a team of destiny. Uh, I saw a team of destiny get whipped on the field against Minnesota last week and, and got lucky that, that Minnesota's kicker choked. Or we would we'd be talking about a different game right now. I just I just don't think Seattle's offense is good enough, Jonathan, to, to really threaten that Carolina defense too much at home. Carolina's at home. They're rested. They're going to be – I think they'll be clicking a little bit. I think they'll make some big plays. I think they may blow this game open, and that's the lowest point spread of all the games. And it's two-and-a-half right now. Carolina is only given two-and-a-half. I think that's a, a lock. Yeah, like I've already jumped on Carolina this week. Um, you know, and it, it, I really like them. I, I think they're going to come out focused, ready to go. They're going to feel a lot healthier than Seattle is. You know, because playing in that weather is is tough on your body the next day. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget. When you're playing in that kind of cold and as physical as that game was, that that beats you up the next day as well. So Seattle's going to come in a little beat up. Um, I think Carolina can get on them early and they keep applying the pressure. I mean, I, we've got four great matchups uh, in all reality with, with intriguing storylines. You know, another – I can't wait to see uh, how New England looks. This New England team that ends the year on that, you know, two-and-four slide or is this a 10-and-0 Patriots team? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, logic says not they're, you know, they're they're healthy at, on offense, at least receiver-wise. Edelman and Amendola both coming back. They should be ready to go and take care of the city. But, you know, that offensive line for New England has me making, you know, I'm having second thoughts. Well, you know, this past weekend, all four road teams won. And I think this weekend, Quinn, I think all home teams win. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think Kansas City wins. Uh, with Roethlisberger out, I would probably say Denver will win now. But no, he's I'm still going to say Kansas City will beat New England. Yeah, I think I think Kansas City, New England is gonna gonna go back to what they did the first ten weeks of the season and, and just start playing into that form again. I know I know they're gonna have Edelman's playing Jonathan. I think that's the key ingredient right there for the Gronkowski. You have you have him two weapons to throw to like that. It almost makes that New England team hard to stop because of how good the defense is. I don't think Kansas City is gonna be able to score points on the road in in Foxborough, John. Yeah, I agree. I think Kansas City is going to struggle offensively. Um, You know, J.J. Watt, you know, it came out that, you know, he had been hurt. Um, 
so you know, which makes the goal line play all the more curious. Um, but you know, I think you know, New England gets back, takes care of business. I just, I don't trust Kansas City's offense enough. I think they went up against a, in all reality, a, a bad team. You know, and it's weird to say that about a playoff team, but I don't think Houston's a very good team. Um, and I think they're going go against New England, who, I mean, I think it's safe to say they're probably still the favorite to win the AFC. You know, they still might be the best team in the AFC. So I think this is a reality check moment. Yeah, I think they are the favorite to win, and I think they they send the message loud and clear this Saturday at 435 Eastern that they're the team in the AFC, regardless of what Denver or Pittsburgh does. Denver can win. I don't think it's real big home field advantage for Denver when Tom Brady comes in. I'm sorry. It's just the best postseason quarterback ever to play football, really. And and you're putting him on the route. I don't think it matters. I don't think home field matters to him, Quinn. I think Tom Brady is going to be Tom Brady anywhere he plays, but I think he seems more focused on the road. Yeah, well, you have to have that mindset that you're going to play good no matter where or else. You won't play good on the road, so I'm, I'm sure he doesn't care. I'm sure he'd prefer at home, but I'm sure he doesn't care if he's on the road. So you're picking Kansas City. We're going to pick New England and the night game, Green Bay and Arizona. Uh, I just I know Green Bay played well, Jonathan, and I know it's about the quarterback play. Carson Palmer is pretty good. I just think the rest of that Arizona team is a lot better than the Green Bay team, and I think Arizona could spank these guys. I think I think it's going to be a good game, but I think Arizona's going to get it done. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to play out uh, just like um, it did uh, a couple weeks ago uh, when the game was in Arizona. Um, I think this Green Bay team, while you know they they showed a lot of grit and beat a Washington team, it's the same Washington team that didn't beat a single team with a record above 500 all year. So uh, I think now that they get a, a quality opponent uh, in Arizona that, you know, this isn't going to be the same, especially when, you know, Arizona's defense is just phenomenal. I think the Cardinals take care of business uh, pretty handedly. Quinn, I know you're not going to pick Green Bay, are you? I agree with you guys uh, more specifically with Jonathan. I think uh, the Arizona team will just be too much for them. I see a blowout. Yeah, I think with Aaron Rodgers in the game, I don't know if it'll be a I don't. I don't think Green Bay cared really the last time they played. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they knew what was at stake the next week. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be a 10-point game or something like that. I think Arizona will take care of business at home, and they should. That's going to put them in the NFC Championship game. So let's move on to Sunday. We talked about Carolina-Seattle. Carolina's two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. And I just I just really believe that – I don't know. Jonathan, is Marshawn Lynch playing? Uh, I don't know yet. And, like, more came out about last week. He actually uh, declared himself out for the game against Minnesota, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, something about that just doesn't smell right. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's um, – I, I honestly, I think there's, a, there's more to that than that he's hurt. I think he just doesn't really want to come back and play for this team right now. And – whether he plays or not, I don't think it makes too big of a difference. 
You think he's pouting Quinn that he didn't get that last carry last year in the Super Bowl and he's trying to make him pay for it? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Maybe. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is kind of a weird dude. I don't quite understand him, so that could be. <laughs> nah. I think Carolina runs all over him, man. I think they hit some big plays with with Greg Olson. I think Funches makes some catches. I just wish, uh, what's his name, Kelvin Benjamin was there to enjoy this. Because could you imagine, Jonathan, if Carolina had Kelvin Benjamin on that team as well? Oh, if, I think if Kelvin Benjamin was still there, honestly, I believe this team's 16-0. and Um Kelvin is a phenomenal receiver. You know, I enjoyed watching him in college at Florida State, and I know he broke your heart. And, uh, you know, it, it'd be nice to see him there for the stretch run of this. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good one. Are you going to go with Carolina, Quinn? Yeah, but I like a touchdown. Yeah, I think, it, I think Carolina may beat them by about 17 points. It, it may get ugly, I think. Too many people are starting to bet on Seattle. I think Jonathan's right. The sky will be falling once Carolina blows these guys out. But I just think people think Seattle can't lose. They think Russell Wilson is this great quarterback. And he's good, but he's not great. Let's, let's not forget, he's Russell Wilson. He played at Wisconsin. He played at NC State. He got kicked off that team. Nobody wanted him. He went to Wisconsin and won a Rose Bowl. Who who'd they beat? I can't even remember. They didn't win the Rose Bowl. They got to the Rose Bowl, but lost. They lost. Yeah, they lost to Oregon that year. Oh yeah, Oregon spanked them. Yeah, I forgot about that. All right, we're all going Carolina. The last game of the night or the afternoon will be Pittsburgh at Denver. Roethlisberger's playing. Antonio Brown's going to be playing. Uh, D'Angelo Williams is what's going to hurt this team, Jonathan. Not being able to run the football against a defense like Denver. You can you can beat Cincinnati with AJ McCarron, but I think it's going to be hard to beat Denver with Peyton Manning, especially with that defense that they have. I think Pittsburgh may be too beat up to win this game. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's a little too beat up today. Uh, James Harrison missed practice today due to a personal issue. Obviously, we know. <laughs> with Antonio Brown, what's going on there. And uh, Ben's playing uh, from everything I've heard, but this isn't going to be uh, a healthy Roethlisberger. Um, And I think Denver's defense feasts on that. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos to win this one. I think this is actually going to be the closest game of the weekend, though, because as we've all seen, Denver's offense is still very, very suspect. Yeah, Quinn, you didn't know Big Ben was going to be playing? With what I heard about his throwing shoulder, how's he going to be able to throw the ball? Uh, Just like he did well, the last drive. Yeah, a lot Give of him screen. a bunch of payments, I guess so. Give him a shot mm-hmm. of quarter zone. <laughs> Whatever it takes and, to get on that field, man. Yeah, just give them the same thing that uh, Sean McGuire got to play uh, in the Peach Bowl. I mean, whatever they gave him was good enough for him to play on a fractured ankle. So I'm pretty sure Ben is uh, – Ben's trainers can get him the same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah I just to do this. Yeah, I just find it nuts. 
how much those players yeah, can this, play through. Just... Clemson, Clemson's up 60-55 to 55 over Duke right now with 3.35 left in the game. Mm-hmm. That's, that'll be funny watching Duke lose it on the road to Clemson, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I already witnessed uh, Florida State go to Clemson and lose. Um, you know, Clemson's a, a competitive bunch. It's good. It's a good team. You know, Duke is still a young team. I think that's uh, that's forgotten. Um, is that you know they had a lot of you know a lot of young guys last year. Uh, you know, two of their better players um, left for the draft. So I think Duke is only going to get better as the year goes on. I think the same can be said about Kentucky as well. They're they're taking their lumps now. But you remember a couple of years ago they got in as an eight seed or, or something nine seed and won the made it to the championship against Connecticut. So you can't you can't count out these young teams, Kentucky and Duke right now. I mean Kansas Kansas ah. everybody thought they were unbeatable. Everybody thought they were unbeatable and they lost to West Virginia last night. So it's college basketball man. People are gonna lose. I'm counting out Kentucky. Um that eight seed Kentucky team was more talented than this Kentucky team. Um Oh I know. Now now, I mean, the, my my whole basis on why Kentucky's dead in the water, they can't play defense inside. There's no physicality to their big men. You know, they went out and got the the top, you know, the number one recruit uh, at center. Right now, I can't remember the guy's name right now, but he's soft inside. He gets lost on defense. It doesn't really crash the boards. I, I think I think Kentucky's in a world of trouble, uh, and I think we saw it in the LSU game. Ben Simmons. Uh, who is arguably the best player in college basketball and maybe one of the best young guys uh, we've seen since, you know, LeBron was in high school. Um, he exposed that. And I, I think that's going to be a weakness for the remainder of the year. I think this is Calipari's one that, you know, this is going to be a, a, a true rebuilding year for him. This is what we've all been waiting for Alabama to do in football in all reality. Well, if you're Calipari, you have to be exhausted. I mean, having to reteach these guys, these new guys, every single year. I mean, it's got to be. I would rather have a team for three or four years than uh, have this one and done crap every year. It's just got to be exhausting. It's it's better basketball when you see Wisconsin and people play three or four years and they're seniors. To me, it it just makes the game look a lot better. And I think that's why the NBA is not as good. Is because these guys are leaving too early. Leaving too early. Hey, I'm speakerphone somewhere. Somebody else speakerphone. I just no, I'm not anymore. I was doing something, but no, I'm not. The Giants hired Ben McAdoo as their as their coach, as their head coach. By the way. Uh, interesting hire. He's the uh, offensive coordinator. Um, I had heard rumors uh, before Coughlin was like, oh, that this is going to be the guy that uh, they were going to look towards uh, because of the success he has had with Eli in that offense. Uh, I don't think it's a bad hire for the Giants. I just hope that he can go ahead and get some disciplinarians under him and find a way to can you know corral Odell at least. Um, you know, and it's not fair to put an indictment on a whole coaching staff over that situation. I know that. But they need to do something about his temper because he lost it a couple times this year. Yeah. Speaking of tempers, uh, Lawrence Phillips found dead in prison today. What's your thoughts on that, Jonathan? 
uh, just a real tragedy. And it really is. It's, it's a real tragedy. Uh, you know, Lauren Phillips was a little before my time, uh, but, you know, I, I got to see some of the old highlights. And he, he honestly was one of the most talented running backs uh, I've ever got to witness. Uh, it's a real shame, uh, the road that he went down, you know, and, you know, after after last year when uh, when he killed his cellmate, I think we all knew that, unfortunately, today was uh, inevitable. Um, just, you know, I think what it is is it's, it's, it's a real lesson for young athletes out there that think they have everything that, look, it can easily be taken away and you can lose everything just, just in a matter of moments by making a dumb, irrational decision like he did. Um, and he made a couple. You know, and, and it's just, it's a real shame. It is a real shame. Yeah. Quinn, you probably don't remember Lawrence Phillips. Probably one of the best running backs I've ever seen in college football, but, man, he's, yeah, he's I got... heard about him. Yeah, uh... hey, a, there's a There's a poll that came out, the 10 dumbest cities in Alabama. Uh, I'm trying to read it right here, and the and the and the and the funny thing is, my hometown is number three. That's pretty sad. Let's see. There's Atmore, Alabama. There's Atmore, Alabama. I uh, I never heard of that. Albertville, Alexander, Aniston. You go. You get a shot in Aniston if you get out of the Wendy's to get a hamburger. Bessemer, number six. Sylacauga, number seven, Gadsden, number eight, Fultondale, number nine, and Fort Payne, number ten. I've lived in Alabama, but trust me, they've they missed these right here. They've, they've missed some of these because I can, I can name a lot dumber cities than that. <laughs> I have family that lives in Gadsden, so. <laughs> let's, let's, let's read about it. Atmore, population, 7,232 people. Adults without a high school diploma, 29.3%. Oh, man. Dropout rate, 30%. Dropout rate, 30%. According to the data, Atmore, located in the southern part of the state, is far away the dumbest city in Alabama. 29.3% of Atmore's adults never completed high school, which is twice as high as Alabama's average and third highest rate in the state for cities with populations over 5,000. What's more troubling, an even greater portion of Atmore's high school students are dropping out of the three in ten high school students drop before the age of 19, which means they won't exactly be qualified for any intellectually intensive work. The dropout rate more than six times as high as the state average. And so let's let's see what it says about Albertville. Okay, 13,433 people. Adults without a high school diploma, 28.1%, but, you know, 80% of it's Hispanic right now. Uh, dropout rate, 8.9%. Another northern Alabama city, Albertville is the third dumbest city in the state, mostly because of the massive population of adults without high school degrees. 28% folks over the age of 25 in Albertville never completed high school, which is the fourth rate in the state. On the bright side, Albertville's dropout rate is a single digit, which is a rare thing for this list, but at 8.9% high school dropout rate is still 3.2 higher than any other state in Alabama. So, man, that's that's crazy. Oh goodness! Oh goodness! So you got you got to you got to know Alabama to read this and enjoy it. See, I didn't know Fort Payne was dumb. You know, it's dropout rate's 2.8%. 
uh, the population is 9,188, but 31.4% of the adults don't have a high school degree. That's pretty bad, man. That's bad. Uh, Speaking of high school, can we get to the stupid WIA that's embarrassing the state of Wisconsin? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 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 before we leave, go ahead, Quinn, get us started on that. Uh, Well, I guess they came out, uh, I forget exactly when, but it really got going just probably a few days ago and where the WIA said uh, that you can't uh, say airball or scoreboard anymore. And then they they suspended this girl five games because – when she saw it, she put it on Twitter and said, "She said, eat shit, WIAA." And then they and then they suspended <laughs> her for that for that because she was pissed about what about that new rule. And so, so then they suspended yeah. her for five days, and they're and they're trying to backtrack and apologize for it, but then at the same time trying to enforce the rule, and it it's just so stupid and. But it's nothing new of the WIA. It's a bunch of old people trying to ruin student athletes' lives, trying to ruin the students' lives because they're power hungry. Yeah, it's called uh, people trying to be politically correct, and everybody gets a trophy. They participate. And, Jonathan, that's just not the world I want to live in, man. Obama, what have you done? I'm with you on that, man. I mean, that's just, that's pathetic. I mean, some of the best times in high school were, were, you know, whether I was part of the crowd or listening to the crowd, what was the rising they would do to the opposing team. It's just, it it, it, it hurts me to hear this. It really does. It's a true shame. It it takes away from the whole point of, of a high school experience. You know, as you know, sooner or later we're going to try and see a college try and pass this, and this is just going to backfire so bad. Uh, you know, what I have to say is grow up, have some thick skin. You know, if you're playing like crap and somebody tells you you're playing like crap, I mean, am I really insulting you or am I just stating an obvious fact? Mm-hmm. If you air a ball, yeah, if, if you shoot an air ball. A, yeah, I mean, and I said, and we start chanting air ball or. Are we not? I mean, what, what honestly is wrong with that? We're, we're just pointing out the obvious. You just shot an air ball. I, mean, I, I just that, that, this bothers me, and this is this is a political move, and it just it grinds my gears. Yeah, it's time to look. Just let people be people. I mean, crowds are hostile. It gives an advantage for playing at home. I don't know what they're doing up north, but. I, it's kind of, I guess, what Harbaugh is doing. Jim Harbaugh plans a sleepover with a number one kicker in 2016 class. What's going on up north, Quinn? I have no clue. Well, uh, most of the north is uh, with a bunch of liberals. Uh, Wisconsin is mainly a liberal state. So, uh, I mean, yeah. it really doesn't surprise me because of how most people that live in Wisconsin are. Yeah, we'll see. Well, guys, I'm going to have to run tonight. We'll be back Sunday to talk about the playoff games. Uh, Thanks for joining me tonight.
Uh, I've got to get some things done. I've got to actually work tonight before going to bed and getting up at 5. So, guys, we'll see mm-hmm. you Sunday night. All right, guys. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Be good, guys. Yep.